Father, we give you praise and thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to come into your presence, O oh God, and gather together to worship your holy name. Your righteousness, which is from everlasting to everlasting. Lord, we open our hearts to you, O oh God, that you will teach us this morning from your precious word, O oh God, life-giving lessons that, Lord, by them we will grow in strength and achieve that which you have purposed for our lives. We pray that the Holy Spirit, O oh God, will be upon us mightily, O oh God, demonstrating, O oh God, the power that is in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God Almighty, we come against every trick, every strategy of the enemy and everything that he will do to try to steal your word from us. Father God, may we not live here the same, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We thank you, Lord, and we give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We will continue what we were on last week. We talked briefly about how demons come into a person's life. Putting all this into context, we said what God told us to do was to go out and preach the gospel. And one of the things he said was to cast out demons from people, to set people free from bondage. And if we realize a, a lot of what Jesus did when he was on earth was to cast out demons. Today, what is happening is that we have become so refined, so polished, that we do not want to cast out demons. Sometimes we think it is so esoteric, it's, it's so out there, that uh, we don't even think it is part of the Great Commission. But I want us to understand that to be effective and to be holistic in our preaching and in our witnessing, it is a capability that we must have. While we are going out casting out demons from people, it is also possible that our own lives are not fully yielded to God and therefore we have demonic activity in our lives and they influence what we do. It may be that we have not fully yielded our bodies to Jesus Christ. It may be that we lie habitually. Even though we do not want to lie, we have become pathological liars. We may be thieves and we promise ourselves we'll never steal again. But yet, we keep returning to that sort of thing. It has become habitual. We have become kleptomaniacs. Maybe that our bodies, our sexual desires are not fully yielded to God. And so we keep returning to it even though we have promised ourselves that we will not do it again. 
to the extent that some of us have become nymphomaniacs. These, if they occur in our lives, are an indication that we have demonic activity in our lives. A Christian cannot be possessed by a demon. But demons can work in your life to dominate a certain part of your life. It then tends to be that because of that recurring activity in our lives, we never grow up to, into the full potential that God has for us. God has excellent plans for us. But a lot of times because of the guilt that we feel, we are not able to go into the presence of God to pray and ask and talk to our God because we feel we do not deserve to go before the Lord. So we see that demonic activity in our lives creates a stunted growth as a Christian, a growth that is not full. Beyond the Christian at a general, and at a general level, there are certain other indications of the presence of demonic activity in a person's life. Sometimes it is mental or emotional breakdown. You can check it in Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 28. You can also look at verses 65 and 66. Hallelujah. Sometimes it may be because there is chronic sickness and disease. And sometimes it is recurring. Every six months you have that sickness. Or every three months. Or I mean, it is just a recurring pattern of something that happens to you. Something, maybe your body swells up. Something happens at a certain particular time in the year. Sometimes it may be barrenness. It may be miscarriage. It may be fertility problems for women. Hallelujah. It could be that there are marriages that are breaking down, family breakdowns. All of this sometimes are indications of demonic activity. Sometimes financial setbacks and loss are also an indication of demonic activity or a curse in the life of a person. If a person is prone to accidents, could also be an indication of such a situation. All of the things that I'm talking about can be found in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Premature death or a violent death, inability to settle, could also be an indication. You cannot stay in a job. You cannot stay in one place. Move from place to place. You will find that it could be that there is demonic activity in your life. There are so many others that we could mention. But you see, uh, sometimes when you talk about these things, they, are, they seem so far-fetched that people are not able to relate with them. Because we are very earth-centered, very uh, natural-centered uh, 
in our perceptions, in the way we, we do things, we see this as far removed from us. Now, I am assuming, for example, when talking about financial setbacks, and therefore you not progressing forward the way you should, I am assuming that you work hard. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about lazy people who sit down and fail. I'm talking about someone who is hardworking but still cannot see progress in his or her life. Hallelujah. So perhaps we can examine ourselves and our families and, and there might be something that seems to recur all the time in that family. It means that there is the high probability that there is demonic activity in the family. If there is something in our families that we have noticed has a recurring pattern or in our own selves, then we must begin to fight it. Because we must understand that we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers. We are fighting spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. And their purpose is to come and to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But the Bible says we must stand. We must withstand them. We must stand against them. Otherwise, you see, what happens is that they just toss us around uh, like football. That is where we have a certain door that has been left open for demonic activities to operate. And last week we talked about some of the reasons why a demon can operate in the life of a person. We talked about ancestral spirits. Hallelujah. We talked about leaving a door open. And that is why the Apostle Paul said, do not give place to the devil. Other ways in which we can get demonic activity into our lives is when we have sins, habitual sins. They can be personal sins. They could even be just unforgiveness. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26. Anger is in the same place. Rebellion is one of them. Fantasy is also one of them. Fantasy, fantasy, uh, Matthew 6, 22. Jesus said that uh, if a man looks at a woman and desires to have her, he has already sinned. You're fantasizing and you keep doing that soon, something is going to happen to you. A demon will take hold. Occult involvement. Many of us have had people who have gone uh, to, the, to the shrines uh, to either get money or to get healed, uh, all sorts of things. Deuteronomy chapter 18, you can get it from there. Sexual sins I have talked about. Rejection can also bring demons into a person's life. The person doesn't know what to do anymore. They begin to feel as if they are unworthy. Demons are always looking for the slightest opportunity and they enter the person. A child may feel that it is rejected because the parents tried to abort. Or the parents quarreled about the child being conceived. 
they feel rejected before they are born. Demon possession can be from the womb. There are certain times when you are casting out a demon, they'll tell you, I was in her or I was in him before he was born. Or he was given to me. He was born in my arms because when they could not give birth, they came to my shrine. Brothers and sisters, we are surrounded by demonic activity. It is something that the devil does all the time. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2, we are told of the prince of this world and how he controls the world. Once upon a time, we were also controlled by demonic activity. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2, it says, Wherein in times past, ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Now we are no longer children of disobedience. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and been saved from the clutches of Satan and translated into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. That is why I said, if you are born again, you cannot be possessed by a demon. But we can live ourselves and live carelessly for us to be influenced and buffeted by demons. There was an instance where it was actually something that came against the apostle Paul and God told him, you forget it. You have prayed to me several times. It is still there. My grace is still sufficient for you. He said a messenger, a messenger from where? From hell. It cannot be an angel. It can only be a demon. But those are very rare occasions. So let us not use that as an excuse. Because the apostle Paul was not sitting down. He was fighting it. Similarly, we must also fight. But for those who are not born again, they are under the total influence of the devil and his cohorts. Hallelujah. They may be doing well, maybe in, in terms of wealth and all that, but there are deep-seated issues that when you see them, you will not know, but they have issues. So for you and for me, we know that we have been given authority because of the blood of Jesus Christ to overcome all the strategies of Satan in our lives. Everything that he does to make sure that we do not succeed and become the glory of God, he will do. But thanks be to God who has given us the victory so that these things may come against us but cannot succeed. Let's look at Luke chapter 10 verse 19. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So we have power over the enemy. Hallelujah. We have power over the enemy. And this is so wonderful. He says, all power of the enemy. He has given us 
what power to tread on serpents which represents uh, Satan and scorpions, his cohorts, and over all of his power. And even and when you are doing that, nothing shall be able to harm you. So we are going forward in power. Hallelujah. We are going forward in power. We are going forward in exosia, power. And our power, as I said the other day, for us to defeat demons, then the power that we have must be higher than the power of demons. It is not possible to go and fight someone who is more powerful than you. There is only one power that can defeat Satan and that power is in Jesus Christ. Demons fear him. They beg him. Satan fears him. Hallelujah. And you have him living in you and you have his name on your lips in your mouth to fight all of the power of the enemy working in your life hallelujah i want us to also look at matthew chapter 28 verse 18 this was after jesus had risen from the dead the bible says in verse 18 jesus came and spake unto them saying all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. When we go out there to preach, we are going in the name of Jesus. When we encounter sickness, we are in the name of Jesus. When we encounter demon-possessed people, we are operating in the name of Jesus. And he says, all power in heaven and in earth has been given to me. Therefore go. There should be no fear. There should be no fear that we will be harmed. Sometimes we fear. But God has not given us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of boldness to speak to demons and to cast them out. The word cast out means to throw out violently. So you are to command them to go. You do not speak to demons working in someone's life or in your own life lightly. You do not pray to correct a situation as if, as if you are praising. From the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of God suffered violence. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You are to take it by force. You are to be violent about it. If you are suffering, if you are sick and you want to get well, rise up! Command it to go! You don't sing to it. No, it is there to kill you. Leave it long enough and it will kill you. So you also must rise up in your spirit and command it to go in the name of Jesus. You have a weapon. Be violent. Be violent. Hallelujah. Turn that situation around. Hallelujah. Turn that situation around. That situation that has come to kill you, to steal, or to destroy you, you cannot joke with it. Until that situation goes, 
You must pray with all fervency. You must fast. You must read your word to build your faith. You joke with it, it will joke with you. Hallelujah. It will mess you around. But if you want to be free, wake up and pray. Don't sleep too much. There will be time to sleep when it goes. But now the situation exists. Fight the good fight of faith. Hallelujah. God has given us everything. I want us to look again. At 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12. And then we will pray. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12. Paul says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. I'll just read that clause. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. You see, how many have been in a fight before? When you're fighting somebody, what is the intention of the person? To harm you. To defeat you. To disgrace you. When we were growing up, they would draw a circle around the two of you. And you're in the center, the two of you. Nobody goes out. There are people around the ring. If you're trying to go out, they'll push you back in. You're going to fight. You're going to fight. Otherwise, you, you have no teeth. And when you go home, your mother will ask you, where did your teeth go? You have to protect yourself and you have to throw blows. Put on the whole armor of God so that you can fight. It is not a joke. Hallelujah. But the good thing is this. We have already been given the victory. Hallelujah. We have been given the victory. We must be healthy. Spiritually. In order to fight. Physically. Naturally. If you are sick you cannot fight. In the same way spiritually. You must exercise yourself. You must practice. How do you practice? Through prayer, through fasting, through holy living, and all the other things that makes you a Christian. Even before the devil comes, even before the demons approach, they see you shining. Because you are shining. You are shining. There is every benefit in being a Christian. All good gifts come from the Lord. Satan does not give any good gift. He does not give any good gift. He's a thief and a liar. All he will do is give you something so that he can kill you. Soon he'll be asking, where is my pint of blood? You're not bringing the blood anymore? Soon you'll see your life. It will not be describable. But God Almighty, Jesus Christ, has given us victory. And his word says, the blessings of God, they make us rich and they add no sorrow. It adds no sorrow. And that is why Paul said, let's go to 1 Corinthians 9 and 26 as the last scripture reference. Here is Paul. He says, therefore I run 
not as uncertainly. So I fight not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection lest that by any means when I have preached to others I myself should not be cast away. But what I want us to concentrate on is this. I therefore run not as uncertainly so I fight not as one that beateth the air. I fight not as one that beateth the air. I run with a purpose and I fight with a purpose. When we are fighting the devil and fighting the demons, the principalities and the powers and all that spiritual wickedness, we must fight with a purpose. Not fighting as one that is beating the air. When the opponent is here, what is affecting your life? Take that thing and beat it in the name of Jesus. Be targeted. Take the issue. If it is financial, take the financial issue and fight against it. Not just pray because you have to pray. No. What is that? You're boxing the air. You are in a battle. You want to win. You have to target that problem and hit it in the stomach. And when it doubles over, you hit it in the head. You are, when it gets confused, you boot it. Then you stamp on it. Hallelujah. You fight with a purpose. From today, we are going to take that issue in our life. That issue in our family. And we are going to beat it to pulp. Hallelujah. Because he's not joking, we should not joke. Hallelujah. You know, there's this song, you may not know it, that, but it's, it's very interesting. It says, With the high praises of God in my mouth and a two-edged sword in my hands, I will march right up to the enemy's camp Riding into Canaan's land I command you Satan In the name of the Lord To take up your weapons and flee For the Lord has given me authority To walk all over you Hallelujah. The Lord has given us authority. He has given you authority to trample upon scorpions and the serpents. He has given you authority. Trample him underfoot. Whatever it is that he has brought into your life. Trample him underfoot. Whether it is sickness, whether it is poverty, whether it is that you cannot study and retain, Whatever it is, when God made you before the foundation of the world, you were perfect in his sight. Take back what belongs to you. Take back what belongs to you. Because Jesus has died for you. And he has restored you to what you were from the foundations of the world. Oh, somebody shout! nobody like Jesus. 
There is no power like the power of Jesus. There is no power greater than the name of Jesus. By faith you speak the word. Call the name of Jesus. You'll do it.